Thanks very much for this opportunity and uh, it's rather a challenge, isn't it, to talk about the greatest commandment. Not The greatest challenge, of course, is not to talk about it but to live it. Uh, before I start on that, I just want to tell you a little bit about this book. This book is called Letters Home and it's just been uh, published a couple of weeks ago and it's the story, or it's the letters that Nola Elvery and, uh, and also some of Julie Loudon's wrote home. Nola, Nola's father, uh, some of you will know of Nola Elvery and some of you won't. Nola Elvery uh, went through Sydney Missionary and Bible College and then in 1961, I think it was, she went out with uh, global, what's now called Global Recordings or Gospel Recordings as it was. Uh, she was with them for quite a long time before she went independently uh, with, and later on Julie joined her. Uh, so she has worked in 49 countries. She's visited over 70 countries. She's still going and this afternoon at Warrigal she'll be speaking and you can also buy that book there. But I, I uh, brought seven of them with me here so, and they're $20. Uh, Nola's father collect, kept all her letters that were sent home right from the beginning and particularly those, her, the first couple of years in the Philippines is really fascinating. I guess you don't read it like a novel but you can pick it up and read a letter and read a few letters, put it beside your bedside. So I have uh, seven of them this morning. They're $20.00. Uh, if, if you'd like one and you haven't got $20, well, you can pay Elaine or, or, and, or Laurie um, sometime later no, and hopefully they'll send the money to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, if you remember, I think last week you looked at this, this, this story where the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him about about the coin and the whole point of these Pharisees coming was they were trying to trap Jesus and uh, in trying to, to tangle him up with his words and then there's a story in the middle there where the Sadducees, they come and they try because they didn't believe in the resurrection so Jesus showed them how that uh, God is the God of the living. Well, and we read there that the Pharisees heard that the Sadducees had failed so they have another go. They get together again and uh, one of their experts, a lawyer, an expert in the law, he comes and asks Jesus this question, teacher, what's the greatest, com- sorry, greatest commandment in the law? Well, they recognise 613 commandments from the, from the law so I wonder if you were asked that, which is the greatest commandment? What would you pick? Now they, they did divide the commandments. Evidently they sort of saw some as light, you know, not so important and some as heavy. I don't suppose that you would pick the fact that you're not supposed to weave two, diff, uh, two different kinds of material together to make your clothes or that plant two different kinds of seed in the one, in the one paddock and or things like that, or the way you did something had to do with cutting your hair. But it's interesting, isn't it, that when Jesus answered, he didn't take one of what we call the ten, the Decalogue, the ten commandments. He didn't say that, and you think about it, the first one's really important, that you shall have no other gods before me. And uh, 
you know, this is, this is a really important thing and it's a challenge to us, isn't it, too, that, that we don't have other idols, other gods, but, but we worship the one true God. But Jesus went to the thing that they would say twice a day from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse, verse 5, to, to go on to say that uh, he would love the Lord their God with all their heart and so on. Now, the, I got this. I'm sorry. I just was. I just got to keep remembering to push up. <laughs> to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your your soul, and with all your mind. Jesus said it actually. Actually, talks about uh, with all your strength, with all all your might. In from Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, and he goes on to say, in the second is like it. Well, I wonder if you or I have ever done that perfectly. You may have heard a story about the pastor, he was speaking in church and he said, talking to the congregation, he said, stand up anybody who has never sinned. And this man stood up. That was surprised him and he said, so you've never sinned? And the man said, well, no, he said, actually I'm standing here as proxy for my wife's first husband. <laughs> I think all of us know that, that we sin and we sin not just by sins of commission, things that we do or think that are wrong, but much more often by things that we fail to do. And this is one of those things, isn't it? We're commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul and with all our mind, all our strength. The, this expression, all, all your heart, is so important. What I'm like on the inside is just so important. You know, when we only gather together, perhaps you gather together on a Sunday and you don't meet other people perhaps so much, it's easy we can sort of, we can have our outward life in order. Looks alright, I can take part on Sunday, I can even lead on Sunday, I could speak and all that sort of thing. But what's going on inside? Is my private life, is my relationship with the Lord good? Because if we don't guard our heart, then it will come out eventually. And I've just put there a few verses. We know people look, this is the first one that um, when Samuel was going to anoint David as king, that's what God had said in the man or people look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. He looks at what's going on inside. Not whether they were big and strong or whatever but what they were like in terms of their relationship. There's a well-known, perhaps a well-known verse in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it, is one translation. Or it's the wellspring of your life. It's the source of things. Your heart is the source of things. Remember, Jesus could say, it's not what goes into a man that that defiles him. It comes from the heart. And Psalm 139, that well-known Psalm of David, he said, Search me, O God, and know me. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any offensive way in me, anything in me. 
And that's an important prayer, I think, for all of us to keep good accounts with God. In the next chapter, we find these seven woes that Jesus uh, has for the Pharisees and the, probably the strongest language in the Bible, things that Jesus said about the Pharisees because they were blind guides as he said them. He said, and he told his followers, hey, you do what they tell you but don't do what they do because they, they don't practice what they preach. It's become an expression in our language now, hasn't it? Practicing what you preach. And Jesus goes on to say there, I think it's verse 25 and 26, he talks about they're like being their plates and cups. They're beautiful on the outside, they're clean. But inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. It is so important if we're going to love the Lord that we guard our heart, our relationship with him. Because it doesn't matter who you are, the devil likes to get in and get into our thought life. And you have probably heard stories of missionaries, godly people or people who have certainly appeared to be that way that they have failed because they started looking at pornography or something else happened. They started looking at something else. They didn't guard their heart. And it's a daily experience, I believe, for me and for you to guard our relationship with the Lord. He goes on to talk about all your soul, which basically just means you, your whole self. Guard your soul and guard your mind. Now, your mind is really important, isn't it? And that's, that's where things that come into our minds through the television, through internet and so on. We have to be so careful and we need to... This is another advertisement for the scripture, if you like. It's an advertisement for the word of God that we might uh, take that and we might take, make every thought captive, as, as Paul said. Well then, that's our relationship vertically, isn't it, with God? Well, Jesus goes straight on and says that we are to... The second is like it. We are to love your neighbour as yourself. Wow, that's a bit tough, isn't it? And we're going to talk more about that now. Also, a little uh, thing here that points out we've got a vertical relationship with God and a horizontal relationship with our neighbour. And how important is that? And I've, the Glow Spearhead magazine, which you should get during this coming week, I was reading through it last night, so I only just got it, and uh, I noticed an article here, which I'm just going to read you a little bit from. It's of a testimony of a young man who, who came to Christ through Colin Pandy uh, in India. And he said, a key ingredient of my time with Colin was I never felt unloved. I hadn't experienced that before. The vertical love for God Almighty and the horizontal love for the people in this world was a revelation. I understood that I was special and felt loved by God. Many of these biblical foundations were laid by God through Colin at the Bible studies we did together. I can thank both of them only so much. And that's, that's the thing, isn't it? When he could see in somebody else his love for God and his love for one another, that made an impact. And so that's what I've got here. The quality of our relationship with our neighbour 
our horizontal relationship, if you like, it depends on the quality of our relationship with the Father. Now, I, a, mission, a person who was a missionary once said this to me, talking about another missionary. He said, he is a godly man but completely lacking in Christian graces. Really? <laughs> is it possible? He's not godly. He might go through all the forms of it. He might sound very holy in church. He may be the best leading in prayer or preaching or anything. But if he's lacking in Christian grace, then he's not displaying the fruit of the Spirit. He's not like God. He's not godly. And it's, that's the thing that will shine through. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness, self-control. These are the things that will show our relationship with the Lord is right. You know, how do we know? John, the Apostle John says, how do, we, how do we know what love is? He said, we know it because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We never know, even in Australia, there may be a time when we're going to, this is going to be real. This is certainly real about laying down our lives for brothers. It's happening every day in the persecuted church. Probably, really, thousands of people each day. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in that person? In the next chapter, John goes on in his first letter to say, we love because God first loved us. And... and, uh, but there's no fear in love and it's, it's that love that we need to, get to know more of. A very famous passage which you all would know of is what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and I'm just going to read this. From 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8. Love is patient. Hmm? Men? <laughs> love is kind. It doesn't envy. If you talk about patience, I'm a, that's one of the things that I'm always learning. Um, you can ask anybody. The thing I hate is being late for meetings or late for things and having to be patient with fa- in earlier years with some of my family was sometimes something that the Lord had to teach me about learning. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonour others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Do you ever find yourself you know, when something goes wrong with somebody else, <laughs> he deserved it sort of thing or wishing that. But love, true love does not do that. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. True love never fails. That's the love of God which we can't on our own efforts ever reach. It's impossible. We can try but it's only as God works in us, isn't it? As his spirit works in our lives, we're going to change. Well, this business of loving your neighbour, 
It comes from Deuteronomy, sorry, Leviticus chapter 18. And I've got some verses there which I'll just read out. Do not defraud or rob your neighbour. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favouritism to the great. But judge your neighbour fairly. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbour's life. I am the Lord. Whenever we read, I am the Lord like that, he's saying, I am Yahweh, I am the God of the covenant, I'm the one who is in relationship with you. And as Christians, we know that we've, we've just celebrated the new covenant in Jesus' blood. We have a special relationship with him. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbour frankly so you will not share in their guilt. So we have to be that honest. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people but love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. And in verse 34, the last towards the end of that chapter, it also says, you shall love the stranger or the alien or the foreigner as yourself as you were strangers in Egypt. Well, this question of who is our neighbour, we know that on another occasion one of these experts in the law came to Jesus with this same sort of question but Jesus asked him what's the greatest commandment and he gave the same answer. And then Jesus told this story of the Good Samaritan. I guess, I don't know know what you think, but I think probably the prodigal son and the Good Samaritan are probably the best known stories of Jesus that, that, that people know. And what do we learn from this? Well, we learn that the the Samaritan, who was an enemy of the Jew, the Jews wouldn't have anything to do with them because they thought they were like half-breeds. They, they didn't have a pure religion at all. But he was the man who had compassion. What's one of the things you really notice about Jesus? He had compassion. He cared for people. I need more of that. I don't know about you, but I need more of that compassion that Jesus had for the people who were lost. So who's our neighbour? Well, basically it's anybody that the Lord puts in front of us, that we, that we come across. Now, it may be directly, it may, it may not be. Well, here's a little cartoon from Peanuts where he says, I love mankind. Nice and general, it's people I can't stand. And I have a, a little story to tell you here. Some of you may or may not know Wendy Strachan. She now works part-time with uh, AMT but she works and has worked for a long time for Scripture Union. And this is a photo that she took this year in Kiev in Ukraine. It's a, it was a, some training for Scripture Union workers in, in Ukraine and this was in, this was in May this year. Now the man at the back in that photograph is a Ukrainian and he was passionate about the, the government that's there now. He, he was involved in the demonstrations, he supported people in demonstration, he was passionate about that and he's a, he's a keen Christian. The lady just in front of him with the blue 
She is also Ukrainian, but she came from the East and she's pro-Russian. So politically, they are not just politically, but they are really opposed. In Christ, they are together. The lady at the back, um, you can just see on the edge, she is Russian. So there you have, and there are others there too of course, but there you have different sides of the conflict working together. These people were neighbours and theoretically they're enemies. And uh, Wendy told us that during a time of prayer afterwards this lady from Russia was praying and uh, she didn't know what she said but so she asked later on what she said and she said she was asking God to forgive her country for the way they were treating uh, the country of Ukraine at this time. Loving our neighbour can, can be a pretty hard thing to do, can't it? So what can I do to show love for my neighbour? Well, one, thing you can, uh, one really good thing to do is even a very simple thing is just to smile and to greet people. And people who have had to do with, say, Muslim ladies, I know ladies who have contacted them, that's the way they started, purely by smiling at them because many Australians treat them pretty badly, smiling and eventually greeting them and eventually perhaps opportunity to have a cup of tea or something with them and get to know them. We all know that we can how good food is for sharing with people and, and making contact with people. We can do jobs for, for a person, our, our literal neighbour neighbor or other people that we come across. What about in the neighbours we can't meet? People in neighbouring countries? What about the persecuted church? Yes, we might never see these people but we can do things for them. We can pray for them. We can give money towards helping people who are trying to reach them. And I think there's many, many groups like Barnabas Fund and Open Doors and lots of others who are doing great work in that way and we can perhaps support. Love your neighbour. What about your neighbour perhaps is always borrowing your tools and never returning them? What about your homeless neighbour? Perhaps you come across somebody what can you do sometimes if you, you are confronted with that? Your Muslim neighbour, as you said. Your gay neighbour. And that's hard sometimes. I have, a, I have a nephew who is not a practising gay but he certainly uh, has a lot of leaning towards that way but, and uh, I find very hard the fact that he promotes that and at the same time promotes his Christianity. I have another friend who is a lesbian yet she went through Bible college with me she was on a mission thing with us and she's wandered right away we keep, but we try to be when we can visit her and be friends with her and accept her for who she is and pray that she'll be genuinely saved sometimes it's pretty tough 
your drug addict neighbour, your maybe your alcoholic neighbour, your racist neighbour, maybe someone who treats other people and says things about them so terribly. You know, we spent five and a half years in an Aboriginal community at Doomagy and even even when I we used to come home, even things my father said used to sometimes really great on the, on you when some of the comments that, that people make. But we are to love everybody and bring the love of Christ. Sometimes our neighbours can be abusive to us personally and that's pretty tough. And I put there, what about the neighbour that doesn't mow his lawn or, or uh, you know, keep the place a bit, a bit tidy? Whoever it is, God has put in front of us where to love them. In fact, Jesus said, this love, you see, so that the key word here is love the Lord and love your neighbour. It's not keeping rules. This is the heart of Christianity, isn't it? To, to, to love. And the demonstration is what Christ has done for us. In fact, Jesus goes on to say that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything else flows from these things. If you love the Lord and you love your neighbour. It's hard and in fact in some ways things are almost impossible to do. Well, Jesus then, that, of course they had no answer. They were perhaps hoping Jesus would say something that they could really trip up but he, he came out with something really solid that they, they couldn't answer him. So he asked them some questions and I'm not going to talk about that except just to point out to them he says to them, okay, what's your view of the Messiah? Now, of course, he knew that for them, they were looking for a political leader who would come and rescue them from the Romans. That they were, they were um, had a completely different idea. And even Jesus' own disciples, as we know, didn't understand what Jesus was about most of the time. And they says, Jesus asked them, well, whose son is he? And he quotes, uh, they, from, we get from Psalm 110.1, David's son and how is it well that David calls him Lord in that psalm if he's David's Lord how can he be David's son so what Jesus is just trying to bring across to them that this one you're waiting for this Messiah is not just a son of David he's God he's the son of God and that's the one that you're waiting for and then as uh, Lee said so well no one could say a word (laughs) <laughs> they, they, they didn't know what to say. From that day on, sorry, from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Well, as I finish, who is Jesus to you? And my question is, for you, for you and for me, do I want to love the Lord your God and my God with all my heart with all my soul and all my mind and all my strength and to love my neighbour as myself. I know you can't do it perfectly. None of us can. But do we want to do it? Are we willing? Are we willing to put Christ first? To put Jesus first? Are we available? And sometimes that's the really hard part, isn't it? To be available to love our neighbour so that God can use us. And as I've just mentioned, I can only do it as I rely on his spirit living in me. Shall we pray?
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We've heard a bit today about Jesus and his authority. We've heard of his answer to a question when people were trying to trick him. But he came up with this most amazing thing that all we have to do, he said, is just love God with everything we've got and to love our neighbour as ourselves. And we know that we care for ourselves. We try to look after ourselves. We take pills or go to the doctor or we exercise. We do all sorts of things, Lord. And you want us to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. And how can we love like you love us? Only with your spirit. Only in your power. Only in your strength can we do this. So Lord, help us, each one, this coming week, to be available to you, that you can use us to your glory and for the sake of your kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.